The Lord is our light and salvation. Whom shall we fear? The Lord is the stronghold of our lives. Of whom shall we be afraid? God needs us where we are to be truth and light so that justice might roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, I would just ask, as you hear these words that I have prepared this morning, that you would ask God to open your heart and see if these words are asking you to do something new. I started out with a saying from the brothers of St. John the Evangelist in Boston about how all of us are, are waiting. And the reminder that there is something deep happening inside of you. And I believe at the core of today's gospel, there is that sense. So I would just ask for hearts and ears and minds to be open to where God leads with these words. Amen. Well, each of the Gospels are unique in how the ministry of Jesus begins. Luke has the way he presents it. Mark has his way. And today's Gospel is Matthew's. So this is how it begins. The initiation of Jesus' ministry begins with this one line. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. After he says these words, he then calls his disciples by these two words, follow me. And these men drop everything, and the work begins. We are then told he went all over Galilee, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and sickness among the people. Well, what makes me curious about this is when Jesus calls each of these men, The scriptures are very clear about how they left immediately. Now, immediately is a word that is very common in the book of Mark. Not so in the book of Matthew. But it's very clear these men dropped everything left immediately. No questions, no needing to know about a plan. They just left. So this makes me think that there must have been a relationship that these called men, later to become disciples, had with Jesus prior to receiving that call. I just imagine that it's a lot easier to follow someone you know rather than a stranger who asks you to follow them. That's why, if I were to guess, I would imagine Jesus' disciples knew the man Jesus beforehand. Perhaps they'd worked with him, shared meals, laughed and joked together, maybe even prayed together. 
Or dare I say, might they have been friends? And for someone like myself, who's a big believer in the notion that relationships are really important, it all boils down to relationships. In life, ministry, work, Meaning, we're not solitary islands moving about the world, or at least we shouldn't be. We are instead those who are made to be in relationship with one another because firstly, we were made to be in relationship with our creator. So it seems to me that these men must have had a prior relationship to Jesus, and they were fond of him. Probably because they trusted him, believed him to be good, and so when he explicitly went to them and asked them to join him, there wasn't hesitation. There wasn't questioning or what-ifs. They simply put down their nets, and followed. But when they followed, they left their livelihood, their vocation. Yes, fishing was a vocation, a very important vocation. They left their security, their ideas and experiences of life as they knew it, their comfort, their family, their father, all of it was set down. I'd venture to say, not forgotten about or tossed aside lightly, these men were clearly moved in their spirit to move forward with as much certainty as they could muster that they were doing what was right. Well, I think many call stories begin this way. And I'm not only talking about calls to the ordained ministry. Calls come to everyone at different times in life, at different seasons in life. And I would say a strong commonality of all call stories is this. There is a sense of moving forward with the call, of being led somewhere new or to do something that you haven't done. But then our humanity enters in and the choice we have in life to make, either answer the call or ignore the heck out of the call, right? Those are the two answers. Well, perhaps you have had an overwhelming feeling of rightness when you're doing something. You say to yourself, my goodness, time just flies by when I do this. Maybe, just maybe, I was born to do this? Or perhaps you find yourself always ending up in the same place. Or when you're in a bookstore, 
always going to that certain section. You know what it is that brings such delight. Or finding joy and satisfaction in doing something. And you really can't explain why you feel such joy, but you just do. Well, if you have felt any of that, be curious about it. Because I will see, say, at least what I've discovered in my own life is that often times, calls come in stages. Taking one small step at a time, moving forward, even if it's slow as molasses, moving forward. <clears throat> Going through a door that you might never would have. Engaging in a conversation that connects you to someone new who might just share that same interest. Paying attention to themes and rhythms in your life that keep appearing. Being alert and ready. And mostly, I say this with all love in my heart, and mostly, Having a spirit of openness and curiosity to what God is bringing you. For instance, a few weeks ago, I shared how the red bird is a symbol for my mother who passed away many, many years ago. And over the years, I have learned to trust when red birds appear in my life. They're not birds that show up a lot, but I've learned to trust that rhythm in my life. And one of the lowest points in my life, funny, a red bird emerged to me as I was literally drowning in my misery and sorrow. But with all things heaven sent, and yes, I do believe for me, red birds are heaven sent, there is an immediate surprise. Then that surprise turns to delight, and then overwhelming comfort. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Maybe you have your own special symbols. But when that comes to you, you feel comforted. Well, at this moment, when this red bird landed so close enough for me to see, I was overwhelmed with a sense that somehow healing would come. And as clear as day in my spirit, the words, Suzanne, keep moving forward, came to me. Another time, when I was discerning whether or not I should come to Grace right after seminary as the deacon in charge, I was talking with my older brother, Kurt, on the phone. I was sharing my confusion about what I should do. Should I be a curate at St. Thomas the Apostle in Nassau Bay, or should I take the job at Grace as deacon in charge? What should I do? Either one were great options. I called him seeking my advice. Really, I just wanted him to tell me what I should do. 
But would you believe I was on a walk, my, my face buried in my phone. For whatever reason, I looked up and a red bird flew so close to me, I just remember like it was yesterday, right in front of my face, in front of my eyes, I thought it was gonna hit me. And immediately I told my brother on the phone, Kurt, God sent the answer to me by way of the red bird just now, a message from heaven and from my mom that I needed to accept this call at grace. It was a call that God was offering to me, and I knew by way of the red bird that I needed to come here. I think calls are never meant to discern or understand alone. God uses people. God uses scripture. God uses his creation. And God uses the voices of those around you to remind and point those things out that we are really gifted at. And if you don't know, when becoming a priest, discernment of a call always begins here at the local church level when trusted voices in the mix to see if there really is something worth pursuing. It always starts here. So this brings me back to the gospel. What is so significant to our gospel story this morning is seeing that calls can come to the most unlikely folks in the most unlikely times and places. So what does that mean? So important is recognizing in the daily and ordinary work we do Jesus calls ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He just does. Again, most of the time these calls come when we're going about our daily work and we see it as holy, as it is the work has got, that God has given each of us to do at this particular time. And I hope everybody sees their work that way. And by being in relationship with those with whom you work, not buying your time just to get out of there, seeing those around you as annoyances or ways to get what you want, but instead, with deliberation, to see those around you as Jesus might. Having the eyes of Jesus, the eyes of compassion and empathy, sometimes that call to be in relationship with others will take us to places we never knew. Sometimes they will take us far from home, but for most of us, it will take shape in and among the people right around us, those who we are doing life with. But this is one thing I can say for certain about any call. This I know to be true. Whatever the call that God gives to you, rest assured it will always involve people.
not simply a mission or a ministry or a movement, but actual real flesh and blood people. It's all about relationships, y'all. Loving those we really don't like. Choosing a harder way in order to maintain a relationship. Knowing that connection and vulnerability for most isn't easy, but it is sustaining. When you say yes to a call, it will involve people. And what's more, when you read the Gospels, it's like Jesus knew this, dadgummit. Because when he called his disciples, he was in relationship with them. And he maintained relationship with them, even when they messed up royally. When they didn't understand, when they questioned, and when they fought amongst themselves, they vied for for position. Who is the greatest? You know, they fought about that. But I will say this, because there was a relationship, man, was there lots of grace. Jesus offered grace upon grace upon grace because there was a relationship. So I'm going to say something now that might make you shudder a little bit, but I'm going to do it. Believe me when I say this, God is calling you to something. Yes, you. He is calling you to something that he has in mind that only you can do. And if you found it, bravo, bravo, I'm happy for you. You've done good work. Thank him, because you're getting little glimpses of heaven along the way. Man, when you found what you were created to do, it's like heaven on earth every day. Maybe not that dramatic, but it's, it's good. But if you haven't, and I would say that there's probably a number of folks who wonder, well, I just haven't found it yet. Might I just simply say, ask God to show you. Surround yourself with wise people. Pay attention, you guys, to how God speaks to you. Look for those rhythms in your life and those patterns that keep showing up that aren't coincidences that maybe can lead you to where he is calling you, whether it be through scripture, people, creation. Just don't move about the world without purpose. Pay attention and know that you are good, loved, and worthy of receiving a call from God. and strong enough to answer that call. Well, to finish, 
I'd like to quote a fellow preacher. I didn't say this, but I thought he summed up really well. Jesus called ordinary people right in the middle of their ordinary lives to be in relationship with the ordinary people all around them. And through that, they did extraordinary things. And he still does. So think about what is it that God is calling you to? And if you need help, you have a priest here where my greatest, greatest joy and delight is helping people find what God is calling them to do or to be. Promise me you'll pray about it. And if there is something stirring deep inside of you, know that resurrection is on its way. Thanks be to God. Amen.